Hi, and welcome to Device Week, a podcast from MedTech Insight. I'm Managing Editor Elizabeth Orr, and with me today is EE Regulatory Affairs Editor Amanda Maxwell. We're going to catch up on the latest news from Europe. Thank you for joining us, Amanda. So just to start, what, in your view, are the biggest EE regulatory events to happen in the last month or so? Well, there have been three items of particularly impactful news in the last month. The first concerns the European version of the International Quality System Standard, ENISO 13485. The EU standards bodies have at last updated this standard. It's arguably the most critical medtech standard in Europe, and they've aligned it with the medical device and the IVD regulations. That's one big item of news. In other important news, the long-awaited guidance on the classification of medical devices has been published and has been very much welcomed by industry. And yet another impactful piece of news is that the new version of the Udemed medical device database has been updated with two new modules, one on UDI and device registration and the other on certificates and notified bodies. Okay, and let's just go into a little bit more about why those are significant. Uh, Can we start with the latest news around ENISO 13485? The updating of ENISO 13485 over four months after the full application date of the EU medical device regulation and less than eight months before the full application of the IVD regulation is a huge relief for industry, which has historically relied so heavily on this standard to demonstrate compliance with the relevant medtech regulations. As it's a horizontal standard, meaning it's applicable across the board to all medical devices, it is one of the most, if not the most commonly used of the EU medical device standard. The updated version features new annexes demonstrating the link between specific clauses of the standard and the general safety and performance requirements of each of the MDR and IVDR. The updated standard still needs to be formally published in the official journal of the European Union, but once it is, it becomes a harmonised standard. And once a European standard is officially harmonised in this way, any manufacturer that uses it can be presumed to be in conformity with the general performance and safety requirements in the MDR or the IVDR with which that standard is linked. All right. And what about the classification guidance document? Is that something that's going to be widely used? Yes. uh, The classification guidance document, MDCG 2021-24, is long overdue and its late appearance could mean that some companies may read it and question the classification that they've already selected for their devices. Hopefully this won't happen too much. The good news is that it contains lots of practical examples, flowcharts and tables. And as such, I imagine every every regulatory professional will be saving a copy on their computer. It also highlights how devices can sometimes be classified differently, the same devices classified differently, either because of their intended purpose being different or because a device may be regulated as a whole device or as components. Okay, what about the expansion of the Udemed database? How much of the database is now operational? 
When it comes to Udemed, the addition of the two new modules on unique device identification and device registration and on certificates and notified bodies means that three of the six modules are now available for stakeholders to use on a voluntary basis. Uh, the module on actor registration has been going for some time on a voluntary basis as it was launched in December 2020. The three modules are all accessible through the Udemed pages of the Commission's medical device web pages. And there are also three additional parts of the database that are yet to be released on clinical investigations and performance studies, vigilance and post-market surveillance, and finally, market surveillance. And it's not until all six modules are operational and Udemed is fully functional, uh, which is due from 26th of May next year, that this will initiate a process that will see registration in each of the modules becoming mandatory. So Amanda, what would you say are industry's biggest concerns with the implementation of the MDR? There's a real sense that the implementation of the MDR is not going as smoothly as the sector would like, and indeed that it's quite clunky. Part of the frustration is linked to the fact that COVID-19 is still creating problems for notified bodies to do in-person audits because of travel restrictions. And these can't be replaced by virtual audits if they are initial audits, which of course most are under the MDR. So many audits are being delayed as COVID numbers fluctuate in different countries. Another source of frustration is that notified body auditors and reviewers are on a steep learning curve as they assess products under the new regulations for the first time. As Elizabeth Gafula of Medel said when she addressed the RAPS Convergence Conference in September, we're in a very pedantic versus a very pragmatic stage of implementation of the MDR and no one wants to do the wrong thing. Indeed, several experts have lamented that inexperienced auditors are applying guidances too literally and in a checklist type of manner, and then they're raising unnecessary non-conformities apparently and causing companies to unnecessarily be returned to the back of the notified body queue. Uh, the ongoing impact of that is to uh, threaten the availability of their products, create more costs for them, and of course, slow the process of notified bodies getting through the applications at a time when they are very busy. And what about the IVD regulation? What are industry's biggest concerns there? Well, MedTech Europe, uh, Europe's biggest medical technology industry association, recently undertook a survey which has suggested that the EU could lose as much as three quarters of its IVDs because of the IVDR. There have long been warnings that the IVDR, its guidance and structures, and particularly the slow designation of notified bodies, would mean that the system would not be sufficiently ready for all products to obtain conformity assessment certificates in time for the 26th of May 2022 IVDR data full application. There are much fewer products that will be able to make use of the grace period than the, under the MDR, which puts even more pressure on the IVD industry. 
And this is because notified bodies have only been involved in the past with very few IVDs. And it's only normal for a grace period to be used where a notified body has been involved in the past. Indeed, just 8% of IVDs need a notified body certificate under the currently applicable IVD directive. But under the IVDR, 78% will need a notified body involvement, according to the uh, to MedTech Europe's latest survey. And as of July, IVDR certificates that had been issued accounted for just 12% of IVDs that will need them under the IVDR. Sounds like there's plenty to keep an eye on there. Um, but in the near future, What's some of the news that we can expect over the next month or so? Well, EN ISO 13485 should be published as a harmonised standard in the official journal of the EU before the end of this month. And another critical standard that's expected to be ready very soon under the MDR is, and, and indeed under the IVDR, is EN ISO 14971, the risk management standard. And industry will be impatient to see that published soon, as like EN ISO 13485, it's a critical regulatory foundation stone in the EU. And then finally, separately from standards, this month I'm particularly looking forward to interviewing Oliver Bizatza, Director General for Industrial Policies at MedTech Europe, I'll be asking his opinion of how implementation is proceeding and in particular how companies are coping with notified body challenges. I can't wait to read that interview. Amanda, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Elizabeth. So listeners, you can check out all of our EU and other regulatory coverage at medtechinsight.com. And for all the latest medtech policy and regulation news and analysis, you can follow us on Twitter at medtech underscore insight. The archive of Device Week and the rest of Informa Pharma Intelligence's podcasts are available on the Informa Pharma Intelligence channel on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify Podcasts, and other fine podcast platforms. For now, thanks for listening.